0: The crosstalk PM WIZM News Talk 1410 AM and ninety-two three FM. There may be Rick Solem, a few of our listeners that recall the sounds, the open, if you will, of the Hollywood Palace hosted by Steve Lawrence and his wife Edie Gourmet. For those that do, sad news today. Steve Lawrence diagnosed at eighty-three years old with Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's, excuse me. And um, yeah, this is kind of a An interesting day, Rick. I was talking to you a bit off air here. I mean, Steve Lawrence is a guy that was well before my time. I knew who he he was. He performed with Frank Sinatra and a whole bunch of others. But uh, there's some big news in the world of Alzheimer's. And uh, we're going to talk about that a bit this afternoon. Before we get into any of that, though, kind of setting the table for this afternoon, uh, welcome aboard. What a great weekend it was here in La Crosse and surrounding areas. A little bit of rain on Sunday, but for the most part, it was absolutely exceptional weather. And I really hope you guys and gals all had a great time because I know I sure did. Got some family in town. We went to Art Spire, got the jet ski on the water. Big shout out to my friends over at Rod's Ride on Power Sports who helped me out in a real pinch. Rick, I had my my uh, jet ski de-winterized, or winterized, I should say, last winter by American Marine. It's been in my garage for you know the entire winter. We get set to take it out this weekend. I'm putting stuff in the back of the SUV, getting all to go. And the tag on the jet ski says, "Warning: Do not put in water or operate jet ski before it is dewinterized." And I'm like, "Oh crap! What does that mean?" So I go to the internet. I start looking up dewinterization. Found out it's absolutely nothing that I could do. And with my mom in town for only a like a few days, I I called Rod's Ride on Powersport. They were able to slot me in that Saturday when I called. Uh, within an hour and a half, I was back, you know, and ready to go. So. Big shout out to Jen, the general manager, uh, Mike, my service guy, and, and and Tony for helping me out. So uh, that was kind of a weird setup. But anyways, today we're going to talk a uh, little Alzheimer's, which is sad. Steve Lawrence getting diagnosed. We're also going to talk about something really good uh, with Richard Kite, who is, um, well, he's one of the guys over at the Reinhardt Institute for Ethics. And he's going to be speaking at Viterbo University coming up here, Rick. And you've set this up for us, and we appreciate that. Um, at their servant leadership conference and there is a lot of great keynote speakers coming up uh, at this Viterbo conference so talking to Richard Kite today uh, right about five fifteen. But but um, did you do you ever have a, a you have a watercraft you ever had a boat yeah when you started to talk, when
1: you started talking about jet skis yeah um, I remember the last time Well, maybe not even the last time I was on a jet ski and you're cruising around and I was I was gonna do the spray my friends sure. thing.
0: Always a good time.
1: No, I don't even know if I was gonna. It ended up doing that, but I was I was trying to like get as close to my friends as possible on their boat. But I forgot that you have to gun it to turn it. You have to turn. You have to hit the gas to turn the thing. <laughs>
0: Oh, this is an older jet ski.
1: Yeah, it was, yeah, this was you. Okay, all right. I was like,
0: these but do 4 like, strokers man. This is like driving a motorcycle on the water. Oh, you just turn the. the you what? Well, no? You you can keep this. You know, you can keep the, uh, the 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 gas on it, but you don't have to gun it just to turn it. Oh no! Oh, you but can make nice if easy turns, but if you don't have the gas on. Can you turn them? Still? Uh, I guess not if you're putting it in neutral. No, I mean you have to, you know, have yeah. the gas, but you don't but need I mean, to gun it. I almost T-boned T-bone their bow. Yo, I just
1: remember and then it was like a foot before I'm like, "Oh no." And I then that, that's why I say gun it cuz okay. at that point I okay. it. You have to and now. Whipped it and <laughs> then I ended up spraying my friends, which was bad ace. I
0: love, you in can see that.
1: Too. I'm like, oh my god, I almost destroyed this guy's boat, this guy's jet ski and killed myself.
0: But you need to you need to come jet skiing with me once because we got a so it's a three-person Sea-Doo sport, like a 2015. It's just got about 41 hours now on it in yeah. total, right? So brand new. But it's a three-person rig. So we take out the the tow rope and we take out the tube or yeah. whatever you want to do and that's tubing, when tubing, that's when the used whipping to be happens. Awesome when I was little. Yeah. Cuz like oh yeah actually parents, i don't know if my parents
1: did it and it was yeah. like they, your dad kind of knew your mom kind of knew like where your limits were sure and then you get to be a teenager and you, your friend and now you're two it's full go friends. yeah it's full go okay we're gonna gun it and ready and all the way to the left yeah until you're dead oh yeah <laughs> well not until like, well, you like tube for like a minute
0: well you wear a life jacket um my kid uh 14 years old got his first opportunity to drive the jet ski this up uh, this last weekend and he also loves to uh still ride tube and that's one of the things I love doing is being able to slide him from side to side. Now nothing crazy because I'm not trying to see him go falling off into uh, well, Lake no, Lake But Nishanek, when his bud. friends
1: get out. Well, hell, they're him, not driving my no jet ski. They, no yeah, they ain't
0: around. driving my jet ski. Well, they'll, mm-hmm. they'll be gone when we. He's hit. gonna get. Yeah, you're right. He's gonna get that as a graduation <laughs> present if he's a good boy. 18 years old, not junior <laughs> high graduation. All right, so if you guys want to get into the program with myself and Rick Solom, we'd love to have you again. We're gonna have Richard Kite on with us at 5:15. And that'll, of course, take up some of our Better Hearing Center talk and text line time. However, the number to reach is 785-7914. Again, 785-7914. We do have our text line portion open. And again, uh, we'll take calls until we have Richard on with us. But I, I do want to spend some time this afternoon talking about Alzheimer's and and why it's important to me. So Steve Lawrence, again, I don't have a personal connection to Steve. I knew who he was. And when I heard the news This afternoon, I was obviously saddened. But the reason that I want to talk about Alzheimer's today is because there was a potentially major breakthrough in Alzheimer's science at the University of New Mexico. Researchers believe they may have found a way to prevent Alzheimer's. This was first reported by CBS Albuquerque and one of their television affiliates. And and for me personally, my grandfather uh, on my father's side passed away from Parkinson's, a brain condition, a, a brain disease. My great uncle on my mother's side Alzheimer's my great great grandmother on my mother's side Alzheimer's and I think there's a couple of other family members that that are in that particular category as well my grandfather didn't live long enough for us to see if he would develop Alzheimer's he ended up passing away at about 72, 73 years old uh, so for me when I when I think of of the future and I think of brain disease and dementia and Alzheimer's it, it becomes more poignant because when you've got family members that you've seen go down that road and understand how debilitating it is and what a sad, sad ending for very bright people. Um, Anytime you can have the ability to draw hope from whatever this might be, a research uh, group, if this is a news report like this, you kind of want to hang on and see if that isn't something uh, that might be there in the future when you, like in my case, me, would need it to be. Um again the Better Hearing Center talking text line 785-7914 and uh, again anything that you've got on your mind as well we'll try our best to accomplish today. Um heard you guys had a pretty lively conversation last night, huh? Yeah, about bullying. Bullying. So I, I there was a couple of people around town telling me about your conversation up. Uh, apparently one of our very good listeners and and great callers Uh, Trempolo Tom was actually held over for a second segment uh, to talk about bullying. Uh, What was the, um, if if you can recap for listeners that might not have been on with you guys last night, what was the thrust uh, of the program then with respect to bullying?
1: The the, the beginning of the conversation stemmed around Wisconsin Rapids, uh, either their school district or their, I believe one of their school districts, you know, I'm sure there's other school districts in that area, but, uh, they were going to fine parents $50 and up, you know, it would, it would rate, you know, each time for uh-huh. every time your kid got caught bullying or however you wanted
0: what? to determine. That. Really? So if, that's yeah, pretty like, subjective, right? Like, like what is bullying? Though? I mean, be- like.
1: And I don't know if you want to get into it, but a couple of weeks ago and people have asked this yeah. since and we just kind of forget about it. your kid was in D.C. Yeah, and right, right. Got into, not that, we, that he was bullying. No. Imagine if you got fined for your kid
0: doing something oh, well, inappropriate, I, uh, you know, in school and then you're starting to get fined at home. No, but, no. Well, first of all, for me, 100 percent full stop. It's a public school. You can't find me. I'm not paying you. It doesn't matter what you do. This is a public school. You're run by the state. You get your funding from them. Do not ask me for a dollar other than supplies. Uh, absolutely no fines. The other thing with bullying, and, and believe me, I've you know I'm no fan of bullies, and that was one of my real pet peeves as a kid. Right? Was bullies. Uh, but you got to punch them in the mouth. I mean, the only way to get around bullies is to sack up and deal with it. I mean, there's really not a whole lot you can do about that stuff. Um, other than deal with it, right? And it kind of makes you who you are. Anyhow, um, let's step aside. We got a quick look at our news. When we return, Richard Kite is going to be joining us. He is the director for the Reinhardt Institute for Ethics and Leadership. You are listening to LaCrosse Talk PM with Dave and Rick here on WYZM News Talk 1410 AM, 92, 3 FM.
2: Hi, I'm Teresa Caputo. You've seen my show, Long Island Medium, on TLC. Now you get to see me live. Saturday, June 22nd at the Lacrosse Center. I'll be traveling the country, getting up close and personal with you. At the live experience, I'll be sharing personal stories of my life, and, of course, sharing spirit. Live audience readings with Teresa Caputo, Saturday, June 22nd at the Lacrosse Center. Tickets at Ticketmaster.com. Hope to see you there. Visit TeresaCaputo.com for fan club info and more.
0: WYZM News Talk, 1410 AM, 923 FM. It's a little lacrosse talk PM with Dave and Rick. Welcome back. If you're just joining us right now, the Better Hearing Center Talk and Text Line is 785 7914. Right now, Richard Kite is joining us on the Better Hearing Center Talk and Text Line. Now, Richard is, well, he's with the Reinhardt Institute for Ethics and Leadership, and Richard's going to tell us a little bit about the upcoming conference over at Viterbo University. And this is going to be about servant leadership for individuals who aspire to be servant leaders in nonprofit organizations, businesses, government, healthcare, ministry, lots of different fields. Richard, welcome to the program. How are you today?
2: Doing great. Thank you.
0: Well, it's our pleasure, and thanks for joining us this afternoon. I know that uh, Viterbo University is the host of a myriad of very, very interesting intellectual, um, artistic sort of performances, but the Servant Leadership Conference you guys have coming up uh, seems to be one of the rarefied conferences in which you'll get great minds, you'll get a little entertainment, some amazing keynote speakers. It's been going on for five years. Richard, for those that have no idea uh, what this conference is going to be about, give us the um, the 10,000-foot view, if you will.
2: Well, servant Leadership is a movement that started about 40 years ago re- regarding uh, what has really turned out to be the most effective way of transforming companies and organizations. Some to, to really make them be beneficial both for employees and, and communities in which companies reside. And that's that uh, leadership has to start with the heart to serve others. And if you begin with that, what you do is you empower your employees, you make the organization culture stronger, uh, you commit yourself to the common good, and, um, and things just take off. It's a, it's a really tough thing to do, but the companies that do it well really uh, become extraordinary.
0: Now, Richard, with respect to the speakers you guys are going to have, and this is going to be held at the Weber Center for the Performing Arts. It's Wednesday, June 19th, the date of the conference. Um, With respect to Uh, some of the
2: June 27th and 28th. Oh, I'm
0: sorry. That's registration. I apologize. Mm -hmm. Closing on June 19th. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. Um, So with respect to the keynote speakers that we will see this year, um, what are some of the um, I don't know if we can say more exciting uh, areas uh, that we'll be delving into, but what are a couple of the uh, speakers that you're looking forward to seeing the most? Well, well,
2: the, the main speaker that we have coming from the greatest distance is Margaret Wheatley. She's been she's been involved in leadership fields for for a few decades now, um, and and she's the this week she's speaking to the Welsh Parliament uh, before wow. she comes back to the United States to speak here at, at in La Crosse, and uh, she's just written this new book uh, called "Who Do You Want to Be," and she focuses on this. She says the main role of leaders is. Is to create islands of sanity in the midst of chaos. And, um, and so I'm really interested in hearing what she says and what she, you know, to speaking to organizations all around the world, kind of what she's seeing going on uh, kind of right now, because in this time of everything's changing and so much turmoil, you know, she'll have a different perspective.
0: Again, we're talking um, to Richard Kite here from Viterbo University. Yep. Richard, with uh, registration closing on Wednesday, June 19th, uh, give us some details about how listeners today could go online or give you guys a call and, and start to sign up because I know there's a couple of different uh, rates that you can get on students uh, and regular. Tell, tell us a little right. bit about that.
2: Yeah, we, it, the, it's a two-day conference, uh, June, June uh, tw- 27th and 28th. The best way to find it is to go online and just do a Google search for Viterbo Servant Leadership, and it will come up, the 2019 uh, Conference on Servant Leadership. Um, and there there's a registration link, so you just go on and register. Um, there's a student rate of $69, the regular rate is 199 for the two days. And that includes, you know, breakfast and lunch both days, and all the conference materials and so forth.
0: Well, it sounds like a fascinating a couple of days of really getting you know, your arms around things that will be changing at a rapid rate. I know on your website describing the conference, uh, it mentions Richard that by 2025, roughly 75% of the global workforce will be millennials. Now, a few weeks back here on the Talk PM, Rick and I did a program uh, about the millennial workforce and, and what it is that it takes to make them successful. Richard, in your estimation, um, as a, you know, a, a heart of Viterbo University and seeing young people come through your doors every day. How do you think that servant leadership really works well with that millennial generation, possibly better than it may have with generations in the past?
2: Um, you know, this is a, a generation that's uh, that's grown up with a lot of volunteerism. Uh, and they seem to be really invested in strengthening communities. They have a real great desire to serve, although they're a lot of times frustrated in and what kind of opportunities they get to do meaningful work. But if you can't give them meaningful work and you can't give them a very uh, uh, well-defined passage from where they see what they are doing to the input they can make to the kind of work, they get frustrated very quickly and will move on. So there's a lot of complaints about them not, no, not sticking around, not having loyalty and so forth. But, but when you can provide them with really meaningful work, they become incredibly loyal. So um, this is one of the challenges is kind of understanding how do you how do you create an organizational culture that's going to tap into the best that this generation has to offer.
0: Well, I tell you, it's for I mean, for all of the big companies, small companies or anybody that's hoping to employ a millennial or even get their arms around what it means to be a servant leader. You've still got some time. It's not a lot of time, but you've still got some time to register Uh, for this particular two-day event. Again, registration closing on June 19th, so we're we're coming up against it a little bit over a week to go. Um, I'll continue to give the website out. It's www.viterbo.edu, and you can follow links uh, into the Servant Leadership registration page. Richard, uh, we really appreciate your time today. It's it's great talking to you. I congratulate you on uh, continued success with this five years in a row and hoping this year is uh, even better than last.
2: Yeah, this is a little bit bigger. We've always done a one-day conference. It's a little bit bigger, and we have a variety, both local leaders and then, you know, leaders from from other companies around the country. And so we want to always have a mix of both the local and the national um, to give us a good perspective on what's going on and what we can do to, to make ourselves better.
0: Richard, thanks again for joining us. Have a great rest of your day and a tremendous success at your upcoming event. Thanks again.
2: Thank you very much. Good to talk to you.
0: You as well. Lacrosse Talk PM, WIZM News Talk fourteen ten AM ninety two three FM, and uh, Rick, thank you very much for bringing Richard uh, here to the program today. Sounds like a really you know a really interesting conference here when you think about what he was talking about millennials potentially, and I'm in the millennial generation. I guess it depends on which article we read, and, uh, which which. Uh, sort of research poll we we decided we were going to go with. But if I am in that uh, particular generational classification, uh, Richard talked about the fact that sometimes people don't see millennials as loyal, quote unquote, but what they're looking for is great opportunities. And I think that's that's true. I, I can I can attest to that myself. But but it's not that companies are loyal, quote unquote, like they might have been 45, 50 years ago. So I think you know the employer-employee relationship is sort of changing together, and and we both as employers and employees uh, need to be able to reinvent and bring more to our particular task at hand. Otherwise, you know what are we doing? We're just all kind of sitting around. And I think with technology and options that we've got now, that that can that can become daunting and arduous. Thoughts?
1: Yeah. Now when when Rick was telling me some of the the keynote or not the keynote speakers, but some of the speakers there, he was he you know uh, Derek Cortez from Chileta and. Uh, logistics health speaker and and then he mentioned Google and I'm like oh they got Bezos and then he said no they don't have Bezos so what was, is he, does he
0: does he own Google one. or just Amazon how does <laughs> oh, that Amazon, work my okay yeah, I was Amazon. like wait does does he, he own Google now Amazon. because yeah, he could I mean he, he probably, could buy yes. them who does own Google Do uh, I think this? no I can't remember uh, don't test me on that my technology I like I watched Silicon Valley on HBO but that was like surface knowledge about w- what exactly is happening on. You know, any particular day in uh, Silicon Valley, and, and much more for entertainment purposes than actual uh, documentary sort mm-hmm. of uncovery. When I Google who owns Google, i yeah.
1: to into Google. huh What does it say? Alphabet Inc. <laughs> <laughs> so, what is that? Come on, uh, Google. Give me the answer. If uh, I
0: you, you can find
1: Google's fi- trying to make me run through some hoops Okay. Here. Well,
0: Google, I think, is a publicly traded company now. At least I, I'm sh- pretty sure they are. And uh, if I would look then at um, Amazon's ooh, not. I don't believe When I Google so. who owns Amazon, it it's comes Jeff, up Jeff Bezos. Bezos. I don't know. Check out uh, who's the chairman of the board of Google. That okay. might give you a better idea. If you're just tuning in right now, it's David's It's Rick. We're here with you on WIZM. And if you guys want to get into the program with us, we'd love to have you. 785-7914. Now, again, this is your particular hour of of talk. All right? So if you've got something on your mind, don't let us distract you with what we've had planned. Please take us off course. It's something that we're absolutely welcoming. I do want to talk a bit today about a report that I found this morning from CBS in Albuquerque about a possible Alzheimer's breakthrough, a prevention drug that would really change the entire Alzheimer's game. And, and this comes on a day uh, in which a legend of stage and 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 small screen, if you will, a, a performer of uh, multiple generations, Steve Lawrence announces through his publicist that he has been uh, diagnosed with Alzheimer's. And And again, he talks about being treated by the finest in the in the field right now but what this breakthrough potential breakthrough in new mexico could mean is is a real game changer so stay tuned i want to get into that uh in just a bit one thing that i don't know if you guys spent any time talking about yesterday here outside of uh the, the the bullying subject was the um wisconsin celebration of the 100th anniversary of the ratification of the 19th amendment so wisconsin 100 years ago became the first state in the union to ratify the 19th amendment if you're curious what the 19th amendment is it is the amendment which grants women the right to vote. So that was 100 years ago yesterday. And, um, yeah, just not sure if you guys had an opportunity to talk about that. If you're curious about more details, go to our website, wyzmnews.com. That article is still right there on the homepage.
1: And then next year we can do this all again because it took a year for them to actually, you know, put this through, right? <laughs> well, yeah, it was it was a while.
0: Things didn't move as fast back then. I don't know that everybody was uh, exactly as excited as the folks of Wisconsin to uh, give up the right to vote, right? I mean, this voting was a very um, selective thing for many, many years in the United States. And when we think of what a lot of these you know, amendments to the Constitution have made with, meant with respect to voting, uh, oftentimes it's been to level the playing field. Very interesting to me that now, uh, especially now, we sort of live in a day and age in which we want to, again, restrict the right to vote uh, a bit counter to what an open and free democratic republic should be um either way that article on our website wyzmnews.com and wyzmnews.com is your go-to spot for all things local all things national don't waste time with another website which is going to ask you to sign up and if you don't you can only read five articles and you can Mute your computer, too. It's all the things you can do on WIZMnews.com. Uh, let's take another quick news break, and when we come back, I want to talk about this research breakthrough, potential major breakthrough from the University of New Mexico and what it could mean for Alzheimer's patients in the future. It's the Crosstalk PM here on WIZM. WIZM News Talk, 1410 AM, 92.3 FM. It's Dave, it's Rick, it's Lacrosse Talk PM. The Better Hearing Center Talk and Text Line is 785-7914. Thanks again to Richard Kite uh, for coming and joining us this afternoon. Uh, Richard was talking to us. If you didn't hear the uh, program a a few minutes ago about uh, Viterbo University Servant Leadership Conference that is coming up. The 27th of June, registration going on until the 19th of June. You can go online, you can Google, as Richard mentioned, but you can also just check out Viterbo.edu and uh, follow links through there. You'll find out where to register. Thank you again, Richard, for being part of the program. Greg Luce being part of the program here today on the five-star telecom talking text line. We were talking about the... uh, ratification of the hundred, or excuse me, the 19th Amendment 100 years ago, Wisconsin became, yesterday it was, 100 years ago yesterday, Wisconsin became the first state in the union to ratify the 19th Amendment. Greg Luce wants to let you know that he thinks um, the 19th Amendment might have been what ruined this country. Um, our retort as a station was, fortunately, they didn't let you ruin the Onalaska City Council, because Greg Luce is one of those always pining, never accomplished politicians, right, who will have a myriad of opinions, I'm sure, based in I don't know what. I can't use that word here on air. Uh, But ultimately, like, nobody believes it. Nobody likes him, stuff like that. So anyways, 785-7914 is the five-star better hearing center. Almost caught me there. That's the other talking text line on WKTY. Um, One of the things that I did want to talk about today, because, look, it affects a lot of people. As a matter of fact, there is nearly a third of senior citizens in this country who are affected with dementia, the, the form of dementia called Alzheimer's. All right, so 43 million people worldwide, the University of New Mexico ha- has estimated, but one third of seniors is just—it's that's an unbelievably high number. All right, and and when you think about what Alzheimer's does, if you've ever known anybody that has suffered from this, you know it's one of the worst ways to go. There, there really isn't any sugarcoating the ending for Alzheimer's, and and dementia takes many different forms. This being one of them, and 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 perhaps one of the more devastating. And I've got family members that have, unfortunately, passed from Alzheimer's. So I've always kept in my mind's eye a lookout towards what it might uh, take for some sort of prevention. And and prevention can come in in a lot of different ways we think. Because the, the real science of of, of brain study is, is still such a moving target, right? It's a moving, evolving science all the time. We're learning more about this amazing biological chemical computer that we are that rests between our ears. But every time we have a new breakthrough, we we suddenly find ourselves, it seems, at least in the scientific community, back to square one. Uh, Now, with respect to Alzheimer's and and what we read this morning from CBS Albuquerque, and I think this has been also uh, republished by the Associated Press and many other uh, publications, is that uh, researchers think they may have hit on something at the University of New Mexico, a a specific protein that they're going to target called tau that's commonly found In the brains of Alzheimer's patients. Now, according to the researchers, they say that the antibodies, this pathological tau, is part of a component, a system of components that tangle in the patients that they're studying. Now, what they're hoping to do with this new kind of prevention medication is to d- disrupt this this tau from getting and entangling your brain and and therefore causing a quicker uh, neurological breakdown. Now, when they did the study, Rick, um, of course, they start with mice, which is where everybody goes to start because you know they're cheap and nobody cares, and you know, you can just have at it. What they found was because mice, much like ourselves can develop Alzheimer's and, and dementia brain diseases as well. What they found is when they injected these mice with their particular, Uh, serum, if you will, I don't exactly know what they're calling this if they've even got a name for it because it hasn't gone through any sort of uh, government approval stage yet. But what they found was the mice that were given the injections of their new prevention medication were able to work their way through the mazes, were able to have better cognitive function than those that did not take it. And any little baby step on the road towards cures or, or, or even maintenance with Alzheimer's is absolutely wonderful now the problem with this is it goes back to something we talked about you and I and, and our listeners may have been a month ago the problem with this is the unreasonably high cost of entry into the pharmaceutical market in order to get to human testing now the university of new mexico right now says it will take them roughly a billion dollars to get a a a medication like this on the market it would take Nearly $2 million for the University of New Mexico Health Sciences Department to get just a small group of people that would be willing to sign off on this into a human trial. I don't know, and I'm I'm sure that there are reasons for this. I don't have any good ones that I can give you, but I don't know if there have, have been many more pressing concerns, cancer, HIV, Alzheimer's in our nation's history that would deserve a, a bit of leeway with respect to how this testing is going to get done. And, and I use the example of Jonas Salk when he published the cure for polio in the American Medical Journal, to published the cure for polio. Here you go. This is what cures polio. If Jonas Salk would have had to operate under today's current FDA guidelines and he had the polio vaccination in the 40s, it would have been until the mid 1960s, potentially before that was ever out there. I mean, think about the numbers of people that would have died, suffered from, lost the ability to walk, and uh, all sorts of other things from not having the vaccination. So in certain respects, I mean, I understand government regulations can be put into place to try to level the playing field or make things safe, but in many instances, especially when it comes to medical research, it unfortunately, Rick, puts the opportunity for real advancement into the hands of very few, And, and that could leave us all as a populace Without, And I don't know that there's a good reason behind that other than just because that's the way it is and government bureaucracy you know, is what it is and and big money is going to rule. But realistically, I can't find a good moral reason uh, to keep the kind of research away from people. Look, if you want to sign up for a clinical trial, sign up. If something happens, sue the doctor. But we don't need to spend a billion bucks to get it through the FDA just to see if maybe this is going to work. I mean, how many things are we missing? Did you see the uh, Pfizer story with Yes, they they had a potential Alzheimer's. They thought uh, not a cure, but they had something that might have hurt Pfizer, um, the largest one of the largest pharmaceutical companies in the world. uh, It stumbled upon something. Yeah, they had it's called Enbrel. Yes,
1: uh, rheumatoid arthritis. Yes, they were
0: they were doing something for rheumatism and they anti-inflammatory
1: drug, and then they kind of figure they kind of saw like Alzheimer's what disease or however you want to categorize that, reduced by 64% Yeah, what the Washington Post story yeah. says. Yeah,
0: and, and, and so the incredible part about that particular story, and thank you for bringing that up because that is all part of what has been in the news recently. One of the more striking things in that story, Pfizer, who, who is the home of all the money. I mean, AstraZeneca, Pfizer, there's some other companies. But they just said, we, we don't know if we can actually get this thing on market. We might actually start to alert people that there is a potential breakthrough and then we might not have enough or won't have the... Um, the proper mechanisms in place to see this through, so they just killed it. I mean, they just—they just killed it. Can't get it to market. Got to kill it. Which, in a for-profit pharmaco- uh, pharmaceutical culture, the likes that we have, that's good business. If you can't market a product that your shareholders are going to make hay on, you don't do it. That's business. That's why some of this stuff needs to go out of the realm of regular business, in my estimation. We got to go uh, when we come back. I can't believe it's already five fifty. Wow time just flies. When we return, we'll try to wrap up. I want to spend a couple of more minutes here on this Alzheimer's. If we don't have that time, that's no problem either. 785-7914 is the better hearing center talk and text line. It's Lacrosse Talk PM here with Dave and Rick on WYZM. Stay tuned. W-I-Z-M News Talk, 1410 AM, 92.3 FM. Dave and Rick, a little across, talk PM for a Tuesday. Coming up tomorrow, Rick Solom going to talk about the DC Universe and which were his favorite uh, DC movies. Rick and I were just having a very uh, lively off-air conversation about the merits, if there are any, of the Man of Steel, first Superman movie of the current reboot, Batman versus Superman, Aquaman, and what the problem is with the current Marvel franchise. Uh Disney. No, the current Marvel franchise, Dark Phoenix, because I was oh, going to go yeah, back okay. over to I mean, You're those things back, were okay. standing on its own, but Dark Phoenix, this movie that... Um well, Disney just put out because they own everything with Marvel now is set to lose rick a hundred million buckaroos worldwide. So coming up tomorrow, a very lively conversation yeah, I, on superheroes. It's going to be no, exceptional. I'm,
1: I'm talking about animals tomorrow. I think I think oh. that's what I'm gonna do. Oh, okay, I, I was gonna go see Dark Phoenix tonight because it's five
0: dollars. Ah, uh, I don't think now, it's gonna be worth it. I think I you're gonna know, be asking for your money back. Five dollars. No, like, from what I have heard, Rotten Tomatoes gives it like a twenty-two percent, and that's so, that's a pretty good well, estimation. You go on the internet
1: and do the uh, the old watch it. Someone holding the camera. You could I'll find that. You website. Could. Um, that's free.
0: You could. Yeah, there's always that or you could go to a parking lot and see if anybody's got the DVD already. That used to be a thing. Do you remember that well, you might not have lived in a big enough city to make that happen, but the in the what? Okay, so in big cities, right? So and this would be maybe 10 years ago. Los Angeles The pirated DVD. Yes, and oh, it would yeah. be stuff, you know, actual some of it would come from the the studios. Well,
1: you'd have to get a DVD player that played the the japan well, that's a, no that's like
0: what that. you got a computer for man yeah you right. just put that in your pc and then you you know put together an hd uh you know an hdmi cord and you're anyways we don't need to tell you guys how to pirate movies that's not the idea here go out and see it if you want but i heard it was terrible uh, the last movie that i saw and this was probably uh oh just a couple of weeks ago was um uh that movie about the anti-superhero what was that guy uh, uh brightburn i saw uh, brightburn about the kid who's like Superman, but he's evil. Did Where you, was that? Well, like in I the, saw that at the Marcus Theaters. Oh, really? Yeah it, heard lasted, heard of it. yeah, it lasted just like a you know, lickety-split. I just watched John Wick 3 last Oh, week. I'm sorry. Boy, you got some taste, huh? It was awful. All right, well, uh, listen. My if friends you, loved it, though, of course. Like, I, like, I, really, I,
1: what, what, what were we doing here? Like, it, he just... What happened? No. Keanu, what Keanu,
0: listen, here's your approved list of Keanu Reeves' movies, all right? Parenthood, The Matrix, Point Break, and... He's in a ninja movie or a, yeah. No. That uh, I like. Uh, no. Ronan, is it no. Ronin? You, you're not, Ronin? You're not allowed to like that. So I it's Parenthood, like Matrix, Point Break, and maybe uh, Speed. You can like him in those movies and anything else, no. Bill and Ted's? No. Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey? Especially Station. no. Now, I will tell you, I'll wait till it comes on Netflix or Amazon Prime or whatever, but they have that new Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, which is set to, I think, I think they're going to have that out in like 2020. What about uh, The Devil's Advocate? Uh, oh, you know what? Good call. But that's an Al Pacino movie. I guess that you're right. Keanu Reeves, Al Pacino, Charlie on. Oh, boy. Yeah, good call. That was a nice one. I liked that movie. I thought that was fun. Um, okay, so that said, tomorrow morning, 6 o'clock, your good buddy Mike Hayes back in the saddle again for some lacrosse talk AM. I was mad I never saw The Replacements. I don't think you need to be mad. That was okay. actually, again... No, I wasn't mad. A friend was
1: mad at me for not seeing it. Oh,
0: yeah. No, like, you, no, you no. don't need to see that. That That's not a need thing. Now, it's a, listen, if you're a huge Keanu Reeves fan, uh, and you want to even watch, like, the Day the Earth Stood Still remake, then okay. I mean, Keanu's actually that. not bad when he's playing robots or aliens. No, never saw it. No, okay. No, that no. one's meh. Yeah, kind I don't, of Earth I don't, Stood Still not really. It's kind of like he's uh, that. That's well, not, more. No, that's like a like Bruce the, Lee the, movie the, with you the know genre and like, oh, okay. uh, the like the uh, the quality of the movie. Sure, is sure. Like B movie is yeah. what you're talking about. Um, anyhow, Mike will be back lacrosse talk AM tomorrow from six to nine, of course, for great local talk uh, this evening. If you're a fan of the Milwaukee Brewers. Go to our new our, uh, sports station, WKTY, 96.7 FM, 580 AM, 6.35 uh, PM. We got pregame this coverage.
1: Is the, this is the second best opponent the Brewers will play all year. Yes, the
0: Houston Astros. Yeah. Absolutely. And for a couple of teams that used to play each other on a very regular basis, uh, it will be a good chance to see a, a former rival. And Houston right now, 45-22 and 22 on the season. The Brewers currently leading uh, the National League Central with the record of 38-28. Uh, and 28.
1: Keanu Reeves, Morgan Freeman, chain reaction? No, we're out of time. See you guys uh, next Tuesday.